to record get the kids please thank you oh i want to turn off my wi-fi's there we go i am in a ranty mood today a little bit yeah your vibe is different what's going on oh wait um Um, hi hi welcome to the better than nothing podcast i see you standing there watching us hey yes hi it's rachel oh yeah my name is miranda uh yes yes it is i'm like trying i we're recording at like a little bit earlier than we do um so we need to anyways i'm trying to shut down from work but i was just telling miranda i'm in like a sassy ranty mood today um where what do are I you even begin? Uh, feeling sassy about? <laughs> Maybe just like opinionated, I would say. Uh, okay. But now that I'm like thinking back to like why maybe I might feel this way is because I'm I'm ovulating today. So I'm sure my hormones are like, you know, mm. most optimal state to where I can – I just feel like I'm op- like operating on all – firing on all c- cylinders. You know what I mean? I wish I knew what you mean. I don't get that. Does that not happen for? Oh, I no. I no I wish. I know when I, it's like ovulation time. What is that phase? Like follicular phase, where if I'm just yeah, everything, all the stars are aligning. I'm very quick witted, like no brain fog, nothing like that. You know. There, you're right. Good, right there. I feel like I can't see shit. (laughs) Can you raise your chair? Yeah, my janky chair. (laughs) This mic has like an X. Sorry, this mic has an extra six inches on the bottom, so like it sits very high. Well, let me. We recently learned the. We recently learned that we have been using our mics wrong this whole time. So, for those of you that have bared with us through this terrible audio learning season you are amazing real troopers <laughs> we are going to deliver better audio now that we have discovered the problem oh you know what helps Rach is leaning the mic forward maybe no this way when you read when I read it it said that it needs to be straight up and down mm. do you need it why does yours move I don't know. I think it's fine. Tighten this. Anyway, um, Rachel, go on. Tell us about your rantiness after your... Oh, so I have a couple of thoughts. Um, So I've been posting consistently on TikTok, right? And you can see when people see your videos, but Uh don't like the video. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well... And if I see that one of those people who have watched the video but did not like it is someone I know or is my friend, it's I get so pissed off. <laughs> because really? to me, yes, because to me, like you're not supporting mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do. So mm-hmm. I just sent a text to like my closest friends and I was like, <laughs> hey, assholes. <laughs> Yeah, I just said, listen, can I tell you my expectations for you all, for you all as my friends? That's good. That's good. They're like, I this is interesting that. coming from you, but yeah, what's up? <laughs> oh, 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 you are the one to say that. <laughs> Not really. I think they were probably like, why would she? That's really odd for her to say something. And uh, I said, I just said, like, if I post anything, like please like it. And one of my friends was like, this is directed to me. LOL. <laughs> um, I will say that at one point, Rachel's group chat was called Rachel's. What did they say? Rachel's an Rachel, asshole. Rachel's the worst. And it's still Rachel's the worst <laughs> because Rachel doesn't respond to texts. No, I used to not. I used to be like, really? I'm glad to know I'm not the only one because I get on TikTok and People talk about this a lot where like, they're like, I hate answering texts. I hate answering phone calls. Like I was definitely that person like five years ago when this whole, like when I got that name, like I really just 
responded when it was convenient for me. Shout out to 25-year-old Rachel. She was, you know, had all the boundaries apparently. Um, But anyways, that did earn my title of Rachel's the Worst for a group chat. And it has remained the same for like six years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. I take pride Uh, in it, you know? I think I remember, I don't remember if I was with Jessica or I was with you when, sorry, Rachel's friend called and or no, she texted me and was like, is Rachel's phone on do not disturb? <laughs> and that's yeah. what I learned that your phone was on do not disturb literally 24 seven. Oh yeah. It's always on, always on do not disturb. I didn't even know people like have their ringer on like ever. Yeah. My, my phone's never on a loudness. I can't stand it. I don't even know what my ringtone is. It's been off for years. <laughs> I've recently, I've recently started to have like my ringer on mm-hmm. for work because like I get some calls for work. Yeah. But I really try to have it off because I just, I, I, I don't like the notion that someone can have expectations to easily reach you at any point at any given time. Like I've never liked that. Yeah, I can have, I have an idea of where that comes from. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Our mom. Oh my gosh. Do you remember she would blow up our phones until we answered? No, I don't. But I just don't. I think it's my thing is with phones, like just in general, Uh the concept of cell phones, I don't agree with. Like, I don't think that you should be able to like reach anybody at any given point and interrupt their day at any given point. Yeah. I mean, that's one way of looking at it. Maybe I see things a little differently because I like to be available for my kids sake. That's what I think about. Right. From like a kid's, I think from a kid's point of view, very different. Yeah. Very different. And about other than that, I, uh, I, I, as somebody that, texts people and come has conversations I don't expect people to respond to me immediately ever Mm -mm. I would never have that expectation because like I'm somebody that has like a million thoughts throughout the day and I can't stop them and I just text them out when they come and I have zero expectation of them coming back to me I think as long as you have those like you're clear on like hey I blow Mm -hmm. you up but like respond whenever then it's fine I don't think the majority of people feel that way I probably not. I, I, whenever I meet a new friend, I actually tell them that about me. <laughs> yeah. Like, Listen, you don't have to feel obligated to respond to my text just because like, I don't know who they are as a person and I don't know what their expectations are, that sort of thing. Yeah. But I did not expect us to have this conversation today. <laughs> yeah, me neither. What else was I, I wanted to rant on? Oh, so, um, what were we talking about? I did get some Botox by the way. Um, and I want to say which one, what I did get that was new that I haven't gotten before. So please, I have an appointment tomorrow. So I get it like a lot of units on my forehead, um, to help like to draw, you want to like open up your eyes basically. So it'll help. So I get it up in here to open up my eyes. Um, Mm -hmm. up like right above your eyebrows to pull them up um I also get it like uh, at the top of my forehead to work those lines and then my 11s um like the frowning ones but what I got this time that was new was crow's feet I had never gotten them before because I was like you know what that like to me those are smile lines I was like when you smile like your eyes are gonna squint like exactly Mm -hmm. But the way that she described it to me, she was like, honestly, it helps open your eye. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. So like when I smile, like my eye stays like more open. So, okay. So, okay. I'm listening. So when I smile. And you're like, you're. Yes, because it's relaxing those muscles on the side of your Interesting. eyes. Interesting. And it just looks a I little bit know. less – like think of – I have a very harsh smile. Do you know what I mean? No, I think you have a beautiful smile. 
Yeah. Okay. I have a harsh smile in a sense that like it's like hard and this kind of helps soften my smile, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, I, that makes sense. I mean, I feel like I have an aggressive smile, so I have to like tame it down sometimes. But I'm terrified of getting work done around my eyeballs. Mm. It's it, just, like, it was right makes... in here, like on the like outer like eye socket, I would say. Um, it doesn't, it's probably the most painful Botox. I'm not like painful, like more painful than my forehead. So I wanted to know about this one with the one that raises your eyebrows and gives you like that snatched look. Yeah. I want to, I know I got the forehead to do something here. I got, I got all you just the have to get them. You have to get them above your eyebrow and it will help pull mm. it up. I am getting Botox because I get like severe migraines and like for like a week straight I've had a migraine so I can't take it anymore and I'm gonna go with my kids to get this done because I literally can't take it anymore like can't yeah, have and these Linda, I don't know if we mentioned this on the podcast before but she gets it um she gets it is it covered by your insurance I think I'm working on it. I okay. so it's unfortunate, but my primary care provider appointment is next week, and I just can't wait another second. Even though it's going to take like two weeks for this to kick in, I am in just a ridiculous amount of pain. So basically, I'm going to see my PCP. She's going to send me to a neurologist, and then my neurologist is going to do whatever okay. they got to do. I did learn that. It's all tension. So I don't know if anybody that's listening gets migraines. There's like a, a myriad of reasons you could have a migraine, but mine is from tension from muscles. So like I like, I like, I don't know how to explain this. I, my muscles in my head and heat throughout my head and the back of my neck, I contract them all day long. I just like hold them tight until I like physically relax and then mm. they just tighten right back up again. So that's why Botox is necessary for migraines. And that's the, the, there's other reasons that you can get migraines, but that's why I get mine. And I find it extremely fascinating that for yeah. the rest of my life, I'm going to be being injected by freaking Dysport because Botox doesn't even stay. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to just – it's funny you say that. So something – we both get um, Dysport. So if you've thought about getting – toxin um and you work out i mean even if you don't work out i just think disport is better it lasts longer uh it's i think it even settles differently in the body like it just i think you get a better deal than botox and and it's even even um nurses who do this like have always said like you want to go with yeah. disport versus botox yeah, I burn up Botox in like two months. I yeah. who can keep up with that? Like you and can, I, I my disport will last me five six months. Yeah, that's what my friend says, and she works out, you know, just as much as me and you. So mm -hmm. I am going to go and get that. I just can't. I like when I don't have a migraine. I like live in fear of like it coming any second. And yeah. I have to like consciously like relax my whole body just to like really like release the tension. It's insane. Do you do any like breath work or meditation? I do. And I mean, I'm not super consistent with it, mostly because like my day is just like, it, it's not Chaos. my day. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no meditating from the hours of like seven to, I don't know, nine yeah. So I just, so it's, it's not even that question. my kids, <laughs> well, V and I have been talking about waking up and meditating before he goes to work because yeah. that's our only time to be able to get it done. But yeah, sorry, hang on. I got a burp. Okay. Well, while Marina burps, I'll just be here. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so yeah, Rich, what, what else do we have to talk about today? Cause I think I, oh, that's right. I have a update on my butthole. Oh, okay. Share it. Do you want to hear about my butthole? Yeah. What's up? 
Uh, so I have another appointment coming up because my uh, su- surgery was not a success. Wait, what? Why? My surgery wasn't a success. I know. It sucks. So basically, my I have been having very painful, you know, bowel movements. Everything sucks down there right now. And it's been like that for like about a month or so. And I was like playing it out to see if it was going to get better. Because she said, you will not get the full results, you know, eight weeks until like about eight weeks post-surgery. And I was just like waiting. And now I'm tired of this waiting period. I don't even know what the next course of action will be. I think it's like they they say another form of, oh gosh, surgery is... Another form of treatment is Botox in your butthole. So oh. I'm going to have a relaxed little anus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't God. know. I don't know what to do. I'm just really bummed. I'm so bummed. I mean, when is your intended. appointment? <laughs> I don't remember. Appointment? Next week, I took the soonest appointment available. I'm not even looking forward to going to this damn office because they make us wait in that office for hours. Oh, that sounds terrible. Uh-huh. It's very inconvenient. So I'm not looking forward to any bit of this. Yeah. Well, so that's my update on my butthole. That sucks. Did you know that if there was a, when you went and did it the first time, did they say that like there's a 50% chance that this doesn't work or something? No. They said that this was the gold standard of treating buttholes. So when this didn't work, I was, I I was just shocked. I guess I I, yeah, I'm annoyed. I'm really annoyed. So yeah, butthole is not great, and that's about it. And I figured you guys have the right to know about my butthole. I think we're all invested at this point. I'm invested in my own butthole. We want you to be having all the <laughs> anal sex you can have. Okay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I told you I'm feeling anyway, I'm feeling frisky today. Uh, I'm very happy for you and for Chad. I hope you guys have a great night tonight. And on that note, was there anything else that you did want to rant about? Yeah, actually two other things. Um was it two or just one? So Miranda asked me because she's not into the TikTok, uh, TikTok world. And mm-hmm. I've observed this too, but I didn't, you know, anyways, who else is seeing girl dinner all over TikTok? Girl Anybody? dinner. Um, I anyways, only saw something you know it- explaining to me, this is my only this is all I've known about it as just I saw one video of this girl stitching some video of this other girl saying she's eating a girl dinner and the girl that stitched it was like this is why the patriarchy something 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 and I was like wow what is a girl dinner sounds like someone has one a lot of time on their hands and two is someone I would not want to hang out with anyways um (laughs) Girl dinner is basically just like, and if you are someone who has lived alone or um, maybe your spouse travels out of town and you just put together like a wild ass meal, I can, I've done this so many times. You'll have, okay, here's my like side of crackers and some mac and cheese and some pickles. Like it's very random. Girl dinner is just like random shit put together. And you're like, girl dinner. It's it. It's easy. It's a breezy cover girl. Interesting. So I wonder what that lady was going on about. (laughs) She sounds painful. This is a patriarchy. Get it. Like you, do we not have better things to do with our time? Well, then I saw somebody saying something about, I think it was the same video, about a boy dinner. No, it was in the search. So I guess when you look in the comment section of TikTok, it'll say, it'll have like a search bar. It does, yeah. And somebody's on there, it was, the search was boy dinner. And I was like, what 
the fuck's a boy dinner? Aren't these just people's dinners? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And then you, there's probably several different interpretations of it. Like I've seen other things that were like girl dinner for some girls is like bottle a bottle of wine and they split a salad. And I don't know. People are coming at it and making it a bigger deal than what it is. But yeah, it's just like random Girls do just like okay. random dinners. Yeah. That's it. All right. Yeah. No, I yeah. don't see any of that on TikTok. That's why I don't no. use it. I don't even want to know what your place. TikTok is probably like. It's probably not fun. So here's the problem is half the time, I don't know if I'm scrolling our uh, podcast one or mine. And that's the worst. So when you first download TikTok, it's like they throw everything at you trying to figure out what you like. And I am looking at everything all at once and I'm just, I'm, yeah, it's clearly too much. And then I go to mine and I, I, I don't know what's going on there either. So I just don't use it, which I'm fine with. I really don't like the app. I feel like the yeah. only person that doesn't like the app. It's so much. It's too much all I mean, at I once. agree, but I can easily go down the rabbit hole and just scroll forever. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been there before. I have, absolutely. But it's it has been a while because, again, it gets – it's just too sad. At least mine yeah. is. And I also am not the biggest fan of, like – I don't even know if it's called just, like, normal folks content making, like – I don't know. I don't know how to explain it because, like, that sounds so uh, arrogant, but that's not what I'm trying to say at all. I just, I, I don't know. I don't even know what I like for content, I guess. I don't know what I like to absorb. No idea. I think most people probably feel like that, though. So you're not alone. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Rachel, explain girl dinner. Thank you for that, because I was very confused. I Because the way that this lady explained it, I was shocked. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I don't even want to know. So I went to the original audio because that's what helps me a little bit. So I went to the original audio and I was like, I don't understand what's wrong with this. She's just eating dinner. Yeah. It's not that deep. (laughs) That's that's how a lot of people should view a lot of things. It's not that deep. Not everything has to be offensive. Not everything is coming for women and whatever. So Mm -hmm. anyways. uh wanted to talk about this last episode we didn't get to it which is fine we're going to talk about it today stay right there you sound perfect i will stay right here for you anyways Thank you. um what's i gonna say next episode the last episode last episode i really wanted to talk about these thought patterns that i've thoughts or even i would even go as far to say sentences i've heard uh, even paraphrased by multiple different people so from friends from people on the internet from um uh family members it started to like make a theme for me or and i'm starting to notice some of these thought patterns that i think are preventing most people from reaching their goals or in in my world you know losing weight that is that's what I do. I'm, I help women lose weight. And I've observed these thoughts that I think are preventing people from getting to their goal goals. So I want to talk about it today. And I know I've come up with a few, Marina came up with some, it's going to be just a little ranty, like what I have to say, there's no, you know, evidence to support it. It's just what I think. (laughs) And if anything, it's just, giving you a different perspective. I, what I want to do is challenge you to think differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's really what mindset I think is with weight loss is to help you think differently. Your perspective. I think it, yeah, that's actually what I was getting ready to say. I, I, when you think negatively, the outwardly expression is going to be negative. So Correct. And there is science to support that. So I'm not really just pulling this out of my ass. And I've helped women lose weight for two years. It's I've been through my own personal fitness journey. Many, many of times have gone through 
cutting seasons. You get it. I'm in one right now. So it's fresh in my head. I I want to go straight into this first point. And I've mm-hmm. seen this a couple of times, especially with friends. And it's something that I want to talk about. Obviously, social media, we are seeing everybody's highlight reels. We are seeing women on the internet who look incredible. They have these bodies. They they look great. And then they post at times when they're eating in and out or they're making like a really fun dish for their family and it's just packed full of fats and unhealthy foods. And I think some women look at these other women who look great and what seems to be like they can eat whatever they want and they think, well, I can't do that. How can she do that? Mm-hmm. So-and-so, like it's literally this thought process is like so-and-so can eat whatever she wants and she's still so skinny. Why is that not me? I hear that all the time. The yeah. woe is like it's basically like woe is me. Oh, I can't do that. I look at bread and I gain weight. I look at sausages and I gain weight. I look at wh- I hear that a lot. It's it's this notion that just because someone else can do it, you think that you're entitled to be able to do something. Well, first of all, let's let's uh go ahead and remove those hyperboles that I hear all the time because I hear it all the time. You can't gain weight off one meal. You can't. Right? Right, right? I mean, no. It's like really hard to lose weight, but that's not the point I'm getting at though. But where are you going with it? What I was trying to say is one meal isn't going to completely just, you know, high uh, derail your whole life, right? And these people understand, like these people that they're comparing themselves to, they understand that, I think. Like they, I don't know. Is that what what I don't disagree with you. That's, I think it's a good point. I think it's more of like they're probably looking at women who have probably never struggled with weight ever in their life. Okay? We're going to get more into this and I can't wait. <laughs> That's what I think the root of the issue is. And and not to say that you're wrong, Miranda, because you're right. You're absolutely right, but it's I think I don't think they're struggling with that concept, you know? Okay. Yeah. For sure. I think it's the concept that like they look at other women and they don't think like this woman's genetics are probably very different from your own. And it would serve you best to mind your own business and and stay in your lane mm-hmm. to achieve your own goals instead of comparing it. And it's really – it's easy to do. I've I've done it myself, but it's that thought process that I think keeps you from – being able to achieve your own goals because you're just so worried about, well, Susie can literally bake this whole cake for her family and they get to eat it all. And, and you just can build a story in your head of what Susie can fucking do and what she can get away with. And instead of taking your own personal accountability for what you have to do in order to achieve your dream body, you, you were, you're removing the personal accountability. You're removing it and you're placing it on somebody else. So there's two things that I want to say. Your favorite fitness influencer, she eats this massive meal. So she says, where's the proof that she actually ate it? I'm sorry. I, I, I agree with you too. And I think that's part of it. It's like, you don't really know, is this person eating this food? You is don't. Per- you don't. Mm-mm. She may be. Also, you know- those people could be on steroids. We never know what's going on behind closed no. doors. That's and, why I was trying to say that. I was like, you don't know oh, what these people are taking. I wasn't I trying to come at people who are taking steroids. Because like, oh, no. there's steroids that make you burn fat specifically. No gaining muscle. It just burns all of your fat. Well, just so like I, I think this is where some people struggle too, like with foodie accounts. So there are like two women who are very fit, very thin. And they run a foodie account and they seem to be eating all of this food and still rocking these bodies. And I'm like, that is, I think we're, we're getting lost in translation that they, one, they probably don't eat all of it. They probably have a bite. Um, 
they probably, so a lot of food is probably wasted or whatever it is. We're just assuming at this point. Uh, Mm -hmm. They probably have a different genetic makeup than you do. They, they might have a, they, there are just people. And I see a lot of these people on the internet who were blessed with metabolisms that like, you may not ever get the pleasure of enduring. Um, And additionally, maybe they've just never, maybe they've never struggled with their weight. And again, it's just that comparison between you and Susie, who's posting her life online. So that's a great point. Uh, People that have previously been overweight will usually struggle, not indefinitely, but it changes your DNA. Same with uh, under eating. So if you habitually under eat for a long, 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 long time, you can change the way that your body kind of reacts permanently. Like these are real things. I don't want to get into that, but I did want to say one thing. Oh gosh, there's so much that I want to say. So what you see on Instagram with these fitness folks that are shred up, at least my Instagram explore page is the buffest and strongest of women. And my husband says to me, you're looking at five, maybe 5% of the population of the world. So keep that in mind when you're scrolling and you see this hot mama baby that just looks so good. She represents maybe 1% of the population. So That is such a good call out, especially for like the postpartum community, right? Yeah. So if oh, you're someone, postpartum? oh, that's even smaller <laughs> population of the women who bounce back and have a flat stomach after they have a baby and they post it online. And again, it's that small percentage. And yet you who, who may have just had a baby, you're comparing your journey to someone else's, someone else's. Yep. And, I, and if you continue to do that, you're continuing to get in your own way. You're taking, it's. It's quite frankly, none of your business, what they eat, how they work out. It just has point. nothing, it has nothing to do with you and your journey. Nothing. Mm-mm. It doesn't, it doesn't affect you. So don't even think about it. I hear and you. And I think it I just, do. it puts you in that woe is me. Oh, I can't do that. Well, okay. Well, what can you do? You know, like. Right. I think that leads perfectly into your next point because it is this, uh, I don't want to say victim mindset, but you're looking at it as what, Rach? A punishment. I think some people view eating healthy, working out, getting sunlight, getting steps, being healthy as a prison sentence. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And what does that lead to? Burnout. Who will willingly punish themselves for what? Six months. Cause it's going to be six months of a cut, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it, it can definitely lead to that. I think it can be, if you're viewing like this as all a punishment, if you can, if you can even muster up the courage to keep going, I think mm-hmm. most people who view it as a punishment don't really get very far. That's what I'm trying to say is you, yeah. I don't mean burnout in the, the mental state. I'm saying like, who can actually sit in a form of self-punishment for longer than a week? No, you can't. No. If you're like, if this is just a punishment, I'm in control of my life, then I'm going to go ahead and just stop doing this because why would I go ahead and continue to punish myself? Valid point. Why would you punish yourself? Don't punish yourself. Why would you want to do that? You're an adult. I think there's a lot of, I've seen this too. I've seen some of my favorite, you know, coaches, creators point this out, which makes me really happy. It's like, choose your hard, you know, yes, it's hard to go to the gym. Yes. It's hard to eat, to eat healthy, but being diabetic is hard. Yeah. Being diagnosed with cancer is hard. Uh, yeah. living a short life is hard. Right. Um, I hate to see 
the notion that that working out, eating healthy is obsessive and it's it's unhealthy. Demon it's demons can be demonized and wanting to be healthy and wanting to eat nutritious foods and work out and prioritize it. There's nothing wrong with you. And if that's called obsession, then maybe I'm obsessed with feeling really good and wanting to live a long life and wanting to prepare for what may be, you know, a future pregnancy and being a role model for my future kids. And if that's obsessive, then call me obsessive. But on the other side of that, it's it's getting to that place where you can can start to change the way you view just being healthy. It is it's it it's the key to you know disease prevention to living a longer life. And and what is on the other side of that instead of the it's delayed gratification. It really is. I look at I look at the habits of healthy individuals as you get to reap the benefits in the long term. You can in the yeah. short term to a degree, but people who would rather have fast food, would rather have the sweets instead of making a, you know, a balanced meal, you're feeding that, that want for that instant gratification. So I think that some folks probably don't know what it, they probably don't know that you can feel good. You know what I'm trying to say? That like, go ahead. You don't have to wake up feeling pain in your neck, right? So you go and you buy a new pillow that fits your needs and you trial and you, you change your bed, all that stuff. And then you wake up one day and you realize that you're not hurting everywhere. So kind of apply that same manner to eating well. So for example, let me reverse engineer that. If I eat like crap for a week, I feel it so hard because I maintain a really healthy diet throughout you know, 90% of my, 90% of my year, I eat very well. And then when I eat a bad meal, I don't really feel it, but it give me like a few days on it. I'm feeling like crap. I'm hurting. Things hurt. So what I'm trying to say is I think some people don't realize that you don't have to feel like that. You're on mute. Oh, sorry. So no, I would agree. (laughs) I think some people even don't even realize how, yeah, I would agree that I don't think people know don't how good they could feel. Correct. They, That's exactly what they I was trying have, to say. I think they have, um, they have accepted, oh, well, yes, I just, I just have back pain. Well, I, it just hurts. I think, think of our grandma, right? Well, it just, it really just hurts my feet when I go for a walk yeah, you don't move, you know, like it gets, you, you start to move. I mean, you don't use it, you lose it. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I, I was on the Stairmaster for 45 minutes today and like 20 minutes in, I was like, fuck this shit. And then at about like 40 minutes, I was thinking, wow, okay. You know, you, you just get through it. So think of that when you're eating a piece of broccoli. <laughs> I agree. Like get comfortable being uncomfortable. I oh, yeah. we've, and we've mm-hmm. talked about this in like previous episodes. It's like seeking that seeking uncomfortable moments, seeking challenging opportunities. I think that's where this balance like boils down to. Mhm. Now, if you're still, if you are still someone who struggles to eat vegetables, all I have to say for you is just be a fucking adult. I have no, I have no words for you. Yeah. We've already talked about this in previous episodes. Find ways to season it, find ways to toss it into other meals. Do, if you really, if you truly, truly want to live a healthy, long life, you will figure out how to eat vegetables. You'll figure out how to have a healthy diet. Because if you cannot figure that out, 
Short-lived, baby. Short-lived. So there's, you know, there's this, uh, I don't know if it was a quote or like this idea with, this was like a conversation way back in the day when I first went vegan and they, these folks online were talking about how everybody has just accepted that things run in their family, like uh, a bad back, uh, diabetes, all these things. And typically what runs in the family is a bad diet. Mm-hmm. And if you don't change your way of eating and you don't change your way of living, yeah, you're going to end up with those diseases. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to end up feeling like crap at the age of 40. And I think a lot of people have just accepted that they just are going to feel like crap at the age of 40. That can't be further from the truth. Go off, sis. I agree. I don't want to feel... I'm like terrified of hurting. You know what I'm saying? Hurting in my later years and being unable to do things that I'm doing now. Yeah, it's scary. It is. I'm fine with the hair growing gray. Give it to me. That's fine. I'm fine-ish with getting wrinkles. We're getting there. We're getting there. Okay? One thing that I don't want to happen to me is to not be able to move. Not be able to walk up a flight of stairs. That's absolutely terrifying. And not being able to, you go, you're in Italy and you're with your family and you want to walk up the steps to whatever ancient um, historical (laughs) marker, whatever it is. Whatever those are. I've been there before, but, you know, because I was like thinking about the Vatican, but you don't walk up to the Vatican. Um, I don't think it's been a long time. Anyways, you, but you get my point. You're on vacation. Mm -hmm. You want to do these things that everyone around you is being able to do. And like the thought of accepting it and being like, oh, I, you know, my, I got really bad knees. I I can't walk up those steps at the age of 60. Not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah, absolutely. That is terrifying. And that also, not that I'm ever going to get into this today is lifting correctly. Okay. Think about those. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. So if you Um, are already lifting, lift correctly. Anyway, Wait, I wanted to see if there was something else I wanted to say on that. Probably. I could go on. Oh, I could go on. This whole topic I could go on about. Ooh, so we said talking. Okay, our next notion or next point was the small things add up. Mm -hmm. And I want to just like lay it out of an example of this. Okay. If you are tracking your food in a, in, in a period of time where you are trying to lose weight, tracking your food, doing your workouts. And we remember that to lose weight, we have to be in a calorie deficit, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, which means we're eating less than what we need to consume to maintain our weight. And if you are, well, here and there, you know, getting Chipotle one day and then having a glass of wine at night one, you know, one night and, oh, maybe not measuring, uh, your coffee creamer. Um, and then, you know, oh, you used a little bit of oil, um, for your vegetables to cook, you know, those are just five different instances, right? Where we were just like, oh, it's okay. Like, I don't have to track it. I don't have to, you know, so it's just one glass of wine. It's just one meal out. That adds up. I will Very say fast. a one bowl of Chipotle for even a vegan meal without guacamole. It's like, I think like 850 plus calories. You, and listen, I, when we, when I do go out and I track, I do, I track everything and I, can maybe get away with like 600, maybe. They and, use and a lot of oil in their food. I'm and, telling and you. Say, so and that's the thing. You're also getting a different person every time you go. Like they might, you don't, the serving sizes off. Like 100%. that's just an estimation. Like let's say baseline it's 600 on the high. Like I'd imagine it's anywhere for 900 calories depending on how much people are putting in. Correct. You're 100% correct. And 
the reason why I'm I'm spelling this out is because this is for people who are like, well, I'm just not seeing the results I'm looking for. Or, I it doesn't work for me. And no, this this these processes, these methods work. You have to work them. You know mm-hmm. that doesn't look like eating out multiple times a week. And when I say multiple times a week, like even more than three times a week, you're easily pulling yourself out of a deficit easily. That the glass of wine here and there that adds up. One um, glass of wine is a hundred calories with no liquid, like no benefits, right? So like, I'm not against calories. I don't want that to be the thing, but I don't want to consume a hundred calories of nothing. You know what I'm saying? If there's not even like, a, there's no protein, not. So yeah. keep that in mind. And, and uh, there's well, one thing. Oh, go on. You go know, on. one last thing about just even alcohol, like keep this in mind too. If you don't already know this, you'll see commercials for a McUltra and they'll say 98 calories, two grams of carbs. What? <laughs> like what? Mm-hmm. That don't make no sense. Right. You want to know why? Mm-hmm. Because what? 90, 90 calories. And we know that one gram of protein is four calories. One gram of carbs is four calories and one gram of fat is nine calories. Alcohol has its own category and it's, they estimate somewhere between seven to nine. You can, and if you're in the tracking world, usually you can track it as carbs. Well, to track it as carbs, that would be, you would have to take the amount of calories of that food. So in this instance, it's McUltra, so 90 calories divided by four, right? Because it's one gram equals one gram. So let's find out how many grams of carbs, 22 grams of carbs, but they're advertising it as two. Why are they doing that? They must be able to get away with it just because it's a, it's, um, it's not a macronutrient that has like caloric value. I think they just, Mm, there's a way to do it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, this, I wanted to say this because I learned this a long time ago and you, oil is perfectly fine, right? I mean, I don't necessarily believe that because there's hardly any nutritional value to it. But if you were to take a tablespoon of oil every single time you cook a meal, that's at least 1200 calories a, a week, at least. And if you aren't tracking that, you are going over your calorie budget by 1,200 calories. That's a lot. It it adds up. It adds up. And I am not somebody that tracks my food. And I I just don't use oil like that because I know that it's just very high density in calories with, again, no nutritional value that I'm looking for personally. Because I get my fat in other places. And at this, go ahead and apply this to your coffees. Yes. Have you ever seen the calories, the, the nutrition facts for like creamer? A tablespoon is like 30 calories. And it's a tablespoon. Yeah. The <clears throat> point here is milk. I, <laughs> milk. The point here is you need to sweat the small stuff. Like if you're constantly yes. justifying these, oh, it's just, a little bit of coffee creamer and in the same day you're like oh well you know just a little bit of oil okay uh well that's like three to four hundred calories right there and if you're saying like oh it's just one glass of wine and then we've got another 500 calories and if we keep doing that every single day you're not in a deficit anymore no and go ahead and apply that to when you're working out if you always finish your workout early and you don't finish your sets why are you expecting gains? I love that. Because if you're trying to build muscle like me, you can't you can't just give up halfway through. You got to <laughs> fight through it. The, sorry, the reason that this is important is because say you did this literally one time a week, just one, not a problem. But can you guarantee that it's once? No, because once you give in, you're going to keep giving in to what's, what's the problem with just this one time when it's already been one time, 10 times this week. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I'm just saying. And I'm speaking also, this is not to sound like preachy or, you know, like I've been there. Like I've been you when you're spinning your wheels for weeks and months and you're like, why am I not getting to where I want to be? Start to think of these things. Okay. Start to think about like, okay, what are my, okay. In my head, like, am I worried about what everyone else is doing? Okay. In my head, am I in, you know, in my actions, am I, am I really just not paying attention to the day-to-day small things that do add up? And am I viewing, you know, this process as a punishment? Am I viewing it as a negative experience? This is just for you to noodle on, some thoughts for you to noodle on. We're not coming on here to be preachy. I'm just saying it's a learned experience. I see it in my clients. I've been there before. Miranda's been there before. Just make any try to try to think about a couple of things, um, especially if you're someone who's really struggling to see the results that you're looking for. I think it's important because I don't want to see people trying to diet for years. Reach. I don't want to see people in a deficit for longer than like three, six months. Like get in, get out. I, that is me. And I've said this too. I'm like, I, I've, I've made it very clear, like alcohol, not really in my, in my diet right now Mm -mm. because I, I don't, I don't care to like put it aside because I'd rather eat real food with my less amount of calories. And that's because I want to get in and get out of this deficit. I don't want to be in a deficit for a year. No, No. Mm -mm. I want to wrap it up. It's really, it's not good for you. It's stress on your body and you want to get in and get out. And I want you to get out so we can start building muscle. No, I agree. And I think that's even where like that whole discipline comes in, not discipline, but even just um, like when people talk about balance, like this is something I did want to talk about. (sighs) Should you be to the point of like restricting to where you're eating 1200 calories? No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is like, there's a time and a place and a, and a earned ability to have balance. Balance is earned. There is Mm -hmm. a period of sacrifice that is required if you need to lose 30 pounds. There's a period of sacrifice. There's a period of sacrifice when you are trying to lose, especially like 40 or 50 pounds, like those things that you're talking about for balance to be able to drink on the weekends and eat out four to five times a week. Those individuals who can do those things have had a period of sacrifice, have had periods of time where they had to really have an unbalanced lifestyle to achieve that point. You're probably in that era where you've got to be just a little bit more strict and have a little bit more of a diet that is really 90% on point. No real quote unquote balance. Now tell me your thoughts on balance. I live in a place of balance, but I also live in a place of like, I don't drink alcohol that much because I feel the effects almost immediately of, I feel like dog shit and I don't like feeling like dog shit. I don't go out to eat that much because again, I am vegan. So the options that I do have are limited for one and two probably healthier than your average place of going out to eat and more expensive. Oh my gosh. So I just, I live a different life. To me, it feels like balance to I maybe the average person. It doesn't, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you hear her? Yeah, I do. <laughs> what is she yelling about? I have no idea. She's been getting sassy. Oh, I don't want her to get sassy. I want her to stay sweet forever. Me fucking too. <laughs> I I think that you can reach balance. I think that, again, my thoughts on cutting are like literally in and out. I The longer and, that you sit in a deficit, yes. the more damage you're going to do. 
if you, and you're just going to perpetuate and under eating, you're going to end up in an eating disorder of some kind. If you just sit in a starvation for so long, and then you're going to further get your, so like your metabolism will adapt. Yes. Yes. And you want to avoid that because it's going to be so much harder to get to a point of balance. If you are, you know, starving down to 1200 calories, you know what I'm saying? I know that we're probably not explaining this as layman as I would like to, but yeah, I, I think the point we're trying to get it. Yeah. I think the point we're trying to get across is getting it out of your deficit of like the period. And to do that, it means there is not balance. That, no. that means that you cannot be binge drinking on the weekend or having multiple drinks during the week or be going out to eat multiple times a week or even like having to fit in a sweet treat at night. Like it is what it is. It, it, it the the result you're looking for requires x and if you cannot do x day in and day out 90% of the time i hate to break it to you but it's not it, you will never reach where the goals that you're trying to achieve i think this brings it perfectly to our next point that i came up with that i think that you're going to like and i'm not going to read this So your why just isn't enough. So what does that mean? Why do you want to lose weight? You want to lose weight to look good in a bikini? It's not strong enough. I can throw on the towel. Fuck it. I'm wearing that fucking bikini. Good. I like that. I like that mentality. That's a good mentality. That's perfect. Exactly. Exactly. That why stands on nothing. And wanting to be hot in a bikini may not be the best and biggest motivator. When you have a dream, the feeling behind that dream is nothing is going to get in my way. And a bikini that I like, that's what it is. Now I brought this up to my therapist and she said, yeah. So like dig a little deeper. Why do you want to look good in a bikini? Is it to get a man? Mm -hmm. Is it because you think a man is going to get your life in a better place? So you just keep digging and digging and digging. So it doesn't stand on its own two feet very well. Now, I think it's important to say that you may think you want to change your body, but your heart isn't in it. And that is totally okay. If your heart is telling you, I don't want to lose weight, okay, that's perfectly fine. I think that's perfectly fine. You don't, you don't have to, it is okay to totally like to admit, I don't want to change my body despite the societal pressures. I agree. I agree to a degree. (laughs) This isn't including people that need to lose weight for health reasons. That's not what I'm talking about. All right. The health reason is a great motivation, in my opinion. In my opinion. If no, but I love the point that you're bringing up. I think it's, it is true. Like, your why is very important. And usually, if you're saying, like, well, I, yeah, I just want to look good in a bikini, mm-hmm. is it that? Or is it every time you see yourself taking, someone taking a photo of you and you're in a bikini, it really, hurts your self-esteem and it makes Mm -hmm. you look at yourself and you say some really nasty things to yourself and you're just sick of saying really nasty things to yourself. Is it that? Yeah. Or is it the bikini? I think you're just really tired of feeling that way, of feeling down on yourself. And you think weight loss is the answer and it's not because those problems, no matter how small you get, exist. I'm telling you from experience. It's... (laughs) It doesn't matter how much you shrink your body, you're going to feel like shit. So therapy or, you know, therapy adjacent is the answer. Weight loss will not solve your problems. Now, this isn't talking about uh, health issues. So when you have, if health is your motivator, that's 
much better, I think, than that stands a little stronger than a bikini. But I still think it's good to identify a strong why when you are trying to lose weight. Like if that is a goal of yours, it should be it should be etched in stone with something that is a little bit more has a little bit more pull than just I want to look like good in a bikini. And mm-hmm. on that same note, let's say you're sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. You've got and and you are still doing the same things that you've been doing for years. I, I don't think you're not completely sick and tired yet. It's not important and, and important enough to you. And you really have to dig down deeper than that sick and tired reason to really pull out your why for wanting to change. Yeah, I agree. It, you got to dig and dig and dig and dig. If it's absolutely worth it to you to make some sacrifices, then, you know, the sacrifices don't really feel like a sacrifice at that point, I guess is what I'm saying. I did want to follow up my last point by saying there is no shame in wanting to change your body. And, you know, it's okay if, if you decide that like weight loss is your journey, there's no shame in that. And I don't want people to feel shame about that on the same side of the coin. If you don't want to change your body, that's absolutely fine too. There's no shame in not wanting to change your body and loving it the way that it is. I just want to put that out there for people that are listening to this. It's okay wherever you're at. My thoughts. You're so kind. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I know what it's like to hear messages at times that you shouldn't hear them. And I don't want people to hear this at a time that they shouldn't listen to it and then feel like shit about themselves. So that's my goal. Yeah. Well, we can't um, always put out trigger warnings for everybody. So, no, there's no need for a trigger warning, but we're just being nice. I, there was one thing that I wanted to add about when I brought this up to my therapist the other day, and sh- I was telling her that we're people are comparing themselves to fitness influencers online, and there's people that have been, you know. 50 pounds plus overweight comparing themselves to people that have never been overweight. You we're looking at two different starting points. And the thing is, is there's a really high chance that you're, you see this influencer and you want to look like them and you will never look exactly like that. So Keep that in mind when you finally reach your goal, whoever you are, (laughs) that fitness looks different on everybody. Yeah, I agree. Your chapter one cannot be compared to someone's chapter 20. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And don't compare yourself to people that have never been overweight and then put on muscle. I'm telling myself that. Because I, that's something that I need to remind myself constantly. What is she doing? Yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea what she's doing. Poor babe. I know we've been at this for an hour. We come at you with love. Obviously, Marina has a lot more love um, language and tonality. And I promise you, my thoughts are coming from a loving place because I want to see you succeed and I want to see you reach your goals. And I want to call you out because I think sometimes we need called out, um, mm-hmm. call out on our bullshit. Um, cause sometimes we can feed ourselves our own bullshit. Yeah. I mean, if your heart isn't in it and you're paying for a personal trainer, I mean, you're only further damaging yourself if you aren't following that plan to a fucking T. You're hurting your wallet and you're hurting your body. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, well, on that note. No, let's wrap this up. Um, Let us know if you like this episode. Let us know if you hated us getting all preachy. Like, follow the pod. Anything else? 
Mm, we got to figure out what to name this baby. Oh yeah, I'll think of something. We'll figure it out. Anyway, I, I, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Hasta la vista. Okay, have a good weekend. Hey. Why do we end so?